Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Censorship. Nothing personal. Word of the day. It's Thursday, December 9th, 2021. Censorship is the word of the day. It is something that I'm very passionate about. I talk a lot about the Constitution. I talk, talk a lot about the law. Censorship is a problem for me. And I don't like people talking in general. I don't like what many people have to say. But I recognize the right of everyone to say whatever they want. As a matter of fact, it is one of the great truths of our country, one of the great guiding principles of our country, which is you have the right to say what you want anytime. There are a few exceptions, but too, too few to mention. Censorship is what democracies shouldn't practice. We've talked about the situation in China plenty where you see what censorship does. That's when government or somebody controls a message. And the problem with messages being controlled, of course, is that you never know the truth, you only know what somebody wants you to know. Now I engaged in this when I would run a baseball team and talk about what I wouldn't wanna to say to the media, withhold information from fans and from media, no doubt about it. Withholding information is different than censorship. The reason censorship is my word of the day is that Mario Cristobal, I can't believe I'm talking about the hurricanes again, Coke. It's enough. Do people outside of Miami care? I'm not talking about the team. I'm not talking about Mario Cristobal. I'm not talking about the new athletic director who they just hired out of, I can't remember where. He just came from somewhere, Coca. His name is Rykovich, Rykovic, Rankovic from Clemson. Right, check. So... Mario Cristobal gets introduced. It's a huge to-do in South Florida, around the country. This is a big-time school. Comes in from Oregon on the private plane, all excited, making eight and a half large. We talked about where the money comes from. You know the trail of the money. Sits down in the press conference. There's media there. Everyone's unbelievably excited. Relevance is upon us again. The hurricanes are going to be relevant. And the University of Miami says to every member of the media at the press conference, before the press conference ends, you may not ask Mario Cristobal about the process of him being hired. My jaw fell open. There's plenty of things I don't want to discuss at a press conference. Plenty. I would give people a list who are at the dais, of subjects they may not talk about. And we give them an answer to a question that we know is going to be asked. The Miami coaching process was fraught with 
lies, rumors, innuendo, sex and videotape. Of course, questions were going to happen about the process. And if you don't want Mario to answer them, you meet with him as he's signing his contract and preparing for the press conference, and you say, when asked, your answer is, all I know about the process is that I interviewed, I was given an offer, I accepted the offer, and I'm here to talk about the beginning of this chapter of Hurricanes football and to build this program back to its rightful place in the college football pyramid. But Mario, tell me about how do you feel that Manny Diaz was not told he was going to be fired even though he was told he was going to be fired on Twitter. Well, well, thank you for asking. Obviously, all coaches are in a fraternity and I understand that position and how frustrating that can be and how tough that is. But when we sign up to be coaches, sometimes you get the jobs, sometimes you lose the jobs. I wish Manny nothing but the best and I look forward to returning the Hurricanes to their rightful place in the college football pyramid. But, but Mario, can you talk about whether or not you had a conversation with any trustees that were not part of the actual search? All I can say about the process is that I really enjoyed going through this process and meeting with Dr. Frank, the president, and reconnecting with this great university where I was a player. And I'm so excited to return the Hurricanes back to the rightful place in the college football pyramid. Mario, I got a quick question for you. Was there ever a time that you thought that you didn't know who to talk to about who was actually doing the hiring? Well, I appreciate that, but I always knew who was talking to me and I was entertaining calls whenever they would come because I knew that I wanted to interview and I wanted to return back to the Hurricanes where I can help return them to their rightful place in the college football pyramid. You understand what I'm getting at, right? When you are a university, and you want to be a top academic institution, you can't censor what the media asks you at a press conference. Why would the Hurricanes actually think to do that? Where did that directive come from? Here's how it works. When there's going to be a press conference announcing a new coach for a big-time college program, the president of the university gets very involved. The head of communications of the university gets very involved. And even when there's no athletic director, you are still dealing with the top, the C-suite level at the organization. Whether it's a university or a company or a sports team, it doesn't matter. The head of communications does not make a decision to say something to writers about a press conference without alerting his GM or his AD or his president or his owner what he, she, or they are going to say to the media. What the rules of engagement are is what P.J. Loyello used to say. Which means that the top of University of Miami, for whatever reason, was so scared about Mario Cristobal's answers, which means either they didn't have time to prepare him or they did prepare him and they didn't think it worked. Because if you properly prepare someone who's going to talk to the media and properly train them, then there is no question that is off limits. Tell me about your wife and 17 kids. Oh, I can answer that. I only have four kids. 
any sort of rumor, innuendo, falsity, anything you can be prepared for if you know how to bridge. If you're going to be the coach of a big-time university, you know how to bridge. If you're going to be a big-time university, you cannot practice censorship. It is so dangerous what Miami did that it made me absolutely crazy. Does that mean that they are now going to censor things that happen on campus? Or are they going to say this is a one-off because the hiring process was such a cluster duck that we just want to get it behind us? We don't want anyone even mentioning it. But then someone's going to mention the fact that they couldn't mention it, which gives the story even more legs. It's PR 103. When you've got a story that you don't like, when you've got a story that you're afraid of, you snip it, snip it, nip it, nip it in the bud. You don't let it have legs is the expression. You don't let it become a story for another cycle, another day, another three days. You get right on to the next story, which is building your program, building your team, building your company, whatever the case is that required the change to be made. You bridge right to this new beginning, another new beginning. It is so frustrating and so wrong Shame on you. So it's December 9th, 2021. And do you know that 22 years ago today, I was at a hotel in Montreal where there was a press conference with Jeffrey Loria and Jacques Menard and Stephen Bronfman. And I gave my first ever interview as executive vice president of the Expos because it was the day, my first day in baseball, Gave an interview in French at the Ren at the Queen Elizabeth Hotel, La Reine Elizabeth, 22 years ago, Coca. And we also had episode 500. I hope you listened to the Samson sit down. But someone said something to me, Coca, on Twitter at David P. Samson. Someone said, you don't count Samson sit downs as episodes. You always are clear to say that episodes are the regular episodes with picks and wait to sees and movie reviews. So Coca's wouldn't actually be the 500th episode. Today would be the 500th episode. I have absolutely no answer for that because you are totally correct. When you go in the feed, it's like we've had 578 episodes, but all the bonuses and mailbags and sit downs, etc. But I really did count yesterday as 500. Coca and I had circled December 8th on the calendar for several months knowing what our schedule was because that's the type of partnership we have where we know our schedule because we're here just about every day there's something going on and nothing personal so my answer to all of you is I have no answer you're totally right this is episode 500 Coco was episode 579 or something yeah but we're counted as 500 what happens when a player leaves a team 99% of the time anything the player goes to his next team and what does the player do player's happy. The player sometimes takes out an ad in the paper if he's been on a team for a long time thanking the fans. That made me sound so old, didn't it? Taking out an ad in the paper. They post something on Instagram, sorry. They post it on Sim. I just learned what Sim is before the show today, this morning. Did I say it right, Coca? Can you post things on Sim? I don't know if you can or not. I just heard him say that. And I said, what is that? And he said, it's some sort of fantasy virtual reality game. I assume it's some sort of platform where there's messaging. In any case, players don't take out ads in the paper anymore. Sometimes they do. I think last year a player did. I can't remember who, but it doesn't matter. You say goodbye. 
you're thankful. That's if you're a long-term player. But there's so much player movement in baseball. Generally what happens is players go to a new team, and that's it. They welcome themselves to the new team. Maybe they change their thumbnail portrait to them in the new uniform, whatever they do. It is very rare for a player to go scorched earth on his old team. And the reason why players are taught by agents to not go scorched earth on their old team is because their old team could be their next team. So you do not want to limit your potential dancing partners. It's like going to your prom. You have no date. There's 30 people without a date. And you look at one of them and say, you know, I will never be your date. Why would you limit yourself? Now you're down to 29 possibilities. You could be stuck in a game of musical chairs with nowhere to go because teams like elephants have great memories. I know every player who walked out the Marlins door and said something negative about the Marlins, whether it was A.J. Burnett or Heath Bell or Jeff Baker, whoever it is, doesn't matter. We listen, we keep track. And if you are a mediocre player, keep your mouth closed. I'm talking about Clint Frazier. Clint Frazier was a New York Yankee. He was a New York Yankee. He was supposed to have a breakout year in 2021, and he was he did break out. He broke out in hives. He put the M in mediocre. The Yankees got rid of him, took him off the roster, and he signed with the Chicago Cubs. Signed a one-year deal with the Cubs. He's going to play with the Cubs. That's great. Happy for him. He went from a team that is going to have a good chance of winning in 22 to a team that is not bringing back Baez, obviously. Not bringing back Rizzo, I promise you that. Not bringing back Bryant, I'm sure of that. They're sort of rebuilding, retooling. Their 2016 dynasty is finished. And for whatever reason, Clint Frazier joins the Cubs and then goes on Twitter and basically talks about how happy he is to be gone from the Yankees. So excited. Happy I'm gone from the Yankees. I never met anyone who's happy not to be on the Yankees because you want to be on a team that makes the playoffs every year, finish above 500 every year, get a little extra stup when you're in the playoffs, get a little extra money, chance at a ring, wearing the pinstripes. There's no uniform like it in any sport. I Listen, I'm not a Yankee guy. You know that. There is no other uniform in any sport that is as special as the Yankee uniform. When you put on that Yankee uniform, it just has to feel different. But Clint Frazier is an example of what players really are like. Players like the idea of playing for the Yankees if the Yankees are willing to pay them. Players like the idea of being on the Yankees if the Yankees are willing to play them. Pay them. Play them and pay them. Frazier was neither paid nor played on the Yankees. He may have had issues with Cashman, with Boone, with Steinbrenner. Doesn't matter. Players need to take the high road, and I'm trying to figure out what happened. Why would Clint Frazier say what he said about the Yankees? Dysfunction, maybe. But why would you air that? Personality conflict, maybe. What's the purpose of airing that? Agents say to their players all the time, go quietly into the night. Executives say to players all the time, go quietly to your next team. We may see you again. There's some players who we would send down to the minor leagues, sitting in the manager's office, and they lose their temper, they throw stuff around, they're angry, they demand an explanation, and they'd be told by the manager, the GM, sometimes by me, 
do yourself a favor. Go pack your stuff and go perform at AAA where we're sending you. Don't tell me how to do my job. I'm going to tell you to do your job better. We remember those players, and we're not calling them back up again unless we have to. Being on a major league team is a privilege, not a right. Being in the big leagues is an honor not to be taken for granted, not to be trifled with. I feel the same way about being the president of a major league team. I take that very seriously that I was holding the baton for those 18 years, waiting for the next person, giving it to the next person, who will hand it to the next person through time, and you become a line in a media guide when you're not erased, whatever. You become a part of history, a moment in time. Frankly, it's what we all are, isn't it? We're all moments in this time, whether you live 30 years or 56 years or 85 years or 120 years. It's a moment in time. Taking advantage of that moment in time is about recognizing your surroundings and making the best decisions possible for yourself for now and into the future. And you can explain to players all you want. The emotional part, and this is all social media related in my mind, the emotional part at play here is that it's so much easier for players to communicate their emotions if they don't follow the 30-minute rule, which is my favorite baseball rule, which is don't do anything 30 minutes after a game, whether you won or lost. Don't do anything while you're emotional. Get Twitter blue so you can not tweet before reading it a second time and, and press send now. Clint Frazier is going to be sorry that he did that because the Yankees are going to remember it. But I do have a wait to see about Clint. Wait to see is when I tell you something's going to happen. And if it does, it does. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But I'll revisit it. I don't like, Coke and I were talking about this yesterday on the sit down. One thing that he loves about Nothing Personal and I love too is that we give it to you straight because we're not going to be creating controversy for the sake of creating controversy or having hot takes for the sake of having hot takes. I like the fact that we revisit wait to seize even when we're wrong, when I'm wrong. When I'm wrong, it's me. When we're right, it's Coca. Clint Frazier will be on the big league team the entire season in 2020. He will be on the Cubs all year. The Cubs are going to play him, and he will be on the roster. Now, he may be on the injured list, but he will not be designated. He will be on a big league roster all year. He's that kind of talent. This change of scenery that the Cubs are betting on is actually going to work. He fits with that team well. They need a player like Frazier. So wait to see. The Yankees castaway is going to go full Tom Hanks and play the entire season in 2022. You wait to see. All right, we come back. We're going to review last night in Soho, and we're going to talk about what's going on in Arizona. It is the craziest thing I've ever seen, the fight that's going on between the city and the team. And I've done some fighting with cities before. What's going on in Arizona is mind-numbing. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. 
Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back from the break. Thank you for making it through that gauntlet. Appreciate all you do. You follow, you rate, you review, you subscribe. I think we're trying to get more ratings. Coca told me we need that. I don't know how many we have. We're trying to get more. So do that. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, etc. And we still watch a movie every single day. I watched a movie called Last Night in Soho. Coca told me to watch it. He watched it. He didn't like it. I loved it. It stars Thomasine McKenzie. That is the little girl who's not a little girl anymore, by the way. But she was the little girl in Jojo Rabbit. So if you have not seen Jojo Rabbit, A, you have to see that immediately. But that's Thomasine McKenzie. And it also stars Anna Taylor-Joy. That is the actress who was in The Queen's Gambit. And she was in something else, Coca, that I can't think of that I just watched her in. But I can't think of it. Anyway, it doesn't matter. She is Anna Taylor-Joy. And Thomasine McKenzie, you have to suspend disbelief because it's a modern day, she's a modern day woman who basically stays in a strange hotel and every night becomes Anna Taylor-Joy in the 1960s. It's sort of a mystery. It's sort of a murder mystery. It's sort of a thriller. It's quite interesting to me. And what I loved about it is A, how it was shot, B, that I was willing to do what Coca wasn't, which was to suspend disbelief and just be okay with the fact that all of a sudden Thomasine McKenzie looks in the mirror and looking back at her is Anna Taylor-Joy. I'm good with movies like that. I have no problem with it. But it's beautifully done, beautifully written. I was in suspense till the end. I didn't know. Spoiler alert, something pretty crazy happens. I'm not going to say what it is because it's still in theaters. It is well worth your time. I streamed it. I did the 1999. I don't think that Coco would have paid the $20 because he's a pirate, but I can tell you that I paid the 1999 and I was perfectly fine with it. Last night in Soho with Thomasine McKenzie and Anna Taylor Joy. You may want to check it out. Okay, the Arizona Coyotes. You know, they've had problems for a while. Hockey in the desert was supposed to be a thing. Hockey in Florida was supposed to be a thing. The Panthers are having a great year. The Tampa Bay Lightning have become one of the stellar franchises in the NHL, thanks to the great ownership of Jeff Vinnick, the great development around the arena there in Tampa. Just an unbelievable job that makes you think the Rays could maybe survive in a stadium in Tampa. Who knows? But for whatever reason, hockey in Arizona has struggled. They've struggled with ownership. They've struggled with attendance. They've struggled with executives. There have been reports of tremendous workplace culture issues. I mean, get online. How many teams aren't having that? It's like a different team every day. But today, or yesterday, any day, whatever. Cut that, Coca. Today is December 9th. Six, nine. What came out yesterday was that the Arizona Coyotes are in jeopardy of being locked out of their arena. And I don't mean a lockout like when management locks out the union, which is what's happening in Major League Baseball. I'm talking about the city of Glendale, which runs the arena in Arizona, in Glendale, is saying, you owe us money. If you don't pay us the money you owe us, We are locking the doors and you will not be able to play hockey games in this arena, number one. Number two, you will not be able to go to your offices 
You're in sales, you're in finance, you're in marketing. We're shutting down your admin offices. Number three, all the vendors who come by the ballpark, by the arena, forget about it. We're shutting you down. They're being evicted. You've heard of evictions, right? When you don't pay your rent. Guess what? The Wiley E. Coyotes are not paying their bills. They owe back taxes. They owe rent and other fees. It's like over a million bucks. And they're not paying. And so the landlord said, we've given you ample opportunity. If you don't pay by December 20th at 5 p.m., you're done. Here's how the phone call goes. Bring, bring. Hello. Hi, is Gary there? Uh, one second. Who's this? Uh, this is the mayor of Glendale. Okay. Glendale, Arizona? Yeah. All right, let me get Gary's in a meeting. Hey, uh, Gary, do you want to take this call from Glendale? No, not really. It can't be good. Nothing good comes out of Glendale. Nothing. All right, I got to take it. Hello, Mr. Batman, Commissioner. Hi, my name's the mayor, and I'd like to tell you that your team's not going to have a place to play. Consider yourself warned. Well, what do you mean? What's the issue? Well, they don't pay their bills. Well, that can't be true. We're on top of these things. We know what our teams are doing. We're very aware of the financial situation. Hold on one second. I'm going to call the owner. I'll be right back to you. Hey, quick question. Yeah, it's me. What, what's your plan exactly? If you don't pay this by December 20th, you know what happens? Just as a little hint, if you can't play your game, you are in violation of your franchise agreement and I can take your franchise for nothing. You'll get $0. Would you pay your bills? Well, you know, Gary, we're trying to negotiate that right now and we're trying to consider moving to Houston. I know that you know that we're doing that. You know, we've promised everyone we're not. You know what? I don't want to hear it. You're going to give a statement right now that you're not moving. You're going to give a statement this second that you're not selling. I don't want to deal with this Coyotes issue right now. And you're going to pay the $1.3 million by December 20th. Are we clear? Are we clear? The Coyotes put out a statement. They said, this is false, totally false. We're not selling. We're not moving. I think they doth protest too much. The Coyotes are 100% committed to playing in Arizona. Thank God he didn't say more than 100%. They were denying reports that the team was being sold and that they're all moving to Houston. What would be the circumstance under which I would not pay taxes? Got it? Those are the circumstances. When you have a conflict with the city in which you play, there are lawsuits, there are PR campaigns, there is fighting, there is lobbying, there is politics. But you always pay the bills because you do not want to be put in a position where you are sitting in court where the other side can say, hey, look at this contract, look at this lease agreement. There's no argument that they owe the money. They have not paid the money. The argument is over future renovations, over future partnership dollars and how we're going to do a public-private partnership. There's no question about this. They're in violation. You never give the other side a position of strength when you're entering into a dispute with them. Why is it when you're going to dispute something with the IRS, you know what you're supposed to do when you have a dispute with the IRS? Any idea? 
I'll give you a hint. Pay the tax, then argue. Because if you don't pay the tax and you lose, you owe penalties, fees. When you pay the amount owed and then question it, you don't give up your right to question. Even under an agreement, you don't give up your right when you make a payment because you send it with a legal letter saying, please find enclosed $1.3 million. However, we dispute that this amount is due and we have initiated under clause Gimmel of the contract of our lease in arbitration process to decide whether or not this money is owed. That is what big boys do. What happens if you're trying to tank and you want to make it so you have to move? You don't not pay your taxes or pay your bills or pay your rent. You simply go to your commissioner and say, it's not viable here. I need 23 votes and I need to seek relocation and I want to go to Houston. And here's the fee I'll pay, and here's why it's a benefit to the NHL, et cetera, et cetera. Because if, in fact, the Arizona Coyotes are leaving Arizona, and if, in fact, the team is for sale, and if, in fact, the team is moving, A, why give a statement that it's not happening, then you just look like a liar and it makes no sense. B, it's a guarantee that as one of the conditions of being allowed to move or sell, Anybody who buys the team or any city that is taking the team from another city is wanting to make sure that there's nothing the other city can do to stop it. So when there's money owed, a condition of the deal happening would be to pay the bill. So there is zero scenario, zero scenario where that bill does not get paid. It's not even worthy of a wait to see. You pay it, then you argue it. The Coyotes are a mess. Okay. I've never seen that before. I really haven't. Can't be that stupid, can you? Nothing personal pick of the day. Two days ago, we had the Lakers over the Celtics by two and a half. We won that one. The Lakers won by 15. We are 164 and 148 on December 9th. 16 games over. I'm going to give you three picks, all football, Thursday, Sunday, Monday. For tonight, then for Sunday, and then for Monday night. Ready? How is it the Steelers are getting three points against the Vikings? Did you watch the Steelers-Ravens game? Oh, the Ravens are terrible, right? That's how the Steelers won 20-19, or the Ravens won 19-18, or whatever the final score of that game was. Who can remember? It was a week ago. That spread's too big. Big Ben's got this. There's just something about the Vikings that doesn't sit well with me. Steelers plus three. That's the Thursday night game. Sunday, I'm going with the Sportsman of the Year. The Sportsman of the Year. Tom Brady. He's sort of the Sportsman of every year, right? He is the favorite. I just read this today, Coca. Brady is the odds-on favorite to win the MVP. And he is 71 years old. Incredible. They're giving three points to the Bills, and I can't figure out why it's only three. You're going to say it was the wind at Orchard Park that caused that ridiculous game. I don't remember what game it was. I think it was Monday night against the Pats. Remember that? When the Bills were favored by three and they lost. Well, now the Bills are getting three from the Buccaneers and they're only getting three. It turns out the Bills aren't what we thought and they're not going to be what we thought. It's way too late in the season as we head into week 14. Bucks minus three over the Bills.
Now, Monday's an interesting game. Who's the best team in football right now, Coca? Best record? Isn't it the Cardinals? I think the Arizona Cardinals have the best record in football. I can't remember. But that is my, that is my thought. The Rams are getting two and a half points, and the Rams are no schleppers. Anytime a home team's given two and a half points, I get the feeling that it is too good to be true. It's a give me, which means go the other way. So the 10 and two Cardinals giving two and a half, we're taking the Rams. So the three picks for you, Steelers plus three, Bucks minus three, Rams plus two and a half. So what we're trying to do here as we get close to the end of the year is we're trying to fatten our one loss record. Because starting January 3rd, I think that's the first show of the new year, we're going to go back to zero and zero on the nothing personal pick of the day. I think we started this. Didn't we start this at the beginning of this year? I think we did. I think you had me started zero. But either way, we're starting again. So I'm really going to try to fatten our picks of the day for these last couple of weeks. And as I was thinking about transitioning to this next story, calling someone fat is, it's gauche, right? It's not nice. Sometimes there's nothing you can do. Sometimes there's a lot you can do, but you choose not to do. When the NBA season started, I was on the phone with Coca. And we were watching a bit of the first game of the season, as I recall. And it was the, the Mark Cuban's Dallas Mavericks. And I was watching, and I saw Luca, who I had in a way to see as winning a title before Trey Young. And I've got the feeling that Luca is the best player. I even had him as one of the top 75 players in history. That's how good Luca is. But all of a sudden, I'm watching on the court, and he looked huge to me. And then I went on Twitter, and there were a few people talking about it, but not much. But for whatever reason, yesterday, Luca decided to go public with his reality this season, and he admitted that he's out of shape. He weighs around 260, not 230. The Mavs have not been playing well. They're in the middle of like a 2-8 and eight stretch. Luca played last night. There was a question as to whether he'd play. It was a game-time decision against the Grizzlies. His stats are otherworldly, frankly, when you look at that he averages 24 points, 9 assists, 8 rebounds, something that you just, he's an all-around phenomenal winning player who has skills for a person his size that you don't see. He, his range is from one foot to 30 feet. He's just, for me, one of the top four players in the NBA. What do you do when you have a player like that, when your team is underperforming, when you know there's an issue between him and Porzingis, and then he comes clean and says, listen, I didn't work hard during the offseason, and now I've got these injuries that don't enable me to ever catch up, and I'm out of shape, and it's hurting our team. The front office has to deal with issues like that. We had to deal with players out of shape all the time. We dealt with it several ways. One is we did weigh-ins every day. And we had separate pieces of paper for each player. What their weight was, what the goal weight was, what the plane weight was, where we wanted them to be. And then we gave them the roadmap to get there. We had private chefs make special meals for certain players certain proteins, certain diets. And it was all done selfishly, obviously, not because we want them to look better in a swimsuit, could care less, look better in a uniform, don't care, they're all baggy. 
We want the player to be in shape because out-of-shape players get hurt more, and hurt players cost us money. There's nothing worse when you run a team than having a player on the disabled list, the injured list it's now called. I don't know what they call it in basketball. Do they call it the injured list in basketball? You are paying players not to play. Now, some would argue it's better to pay players not to play than pay players to play badly. That just makes me look worse when you're paying players who you think are great and then they end up stinking. But that's still in the executive's brain that is one realm above paying players not to play because of injury. And then there's several types of injuries. There's the injuries that you control and the injuries that you don't control. Injuries that you don't control, you get hit by a pitch, break your hammock bone, can't control that. Tear a hamstring, that is definitely something you control. You've got to absolutely warm up properly. You've got to take stretching seriously. You've got to do your sprints pregame. Basketball, you've got to stay in shape. You're running up and down the court. You have to lose weight and you have to be in shape. So we would go to a player and just be honest, you are fat. Here's what we're going to do for you. Why do you think the Mavericks haven't gotten Luca to lose weight yet? Well, Luca answered that question, and I was fascinated by the response. He said, I haven't been healthy enough to truly get in proper plane shape. And that's when he lost me. Because the shape that Luca needs to get in is not plane shape, it's human shape. Plane shape is when you're not fat, it's when you're not fit. Plane shape is for your lungs, not for your love handles. So for Luca to say that his injuries have interrupted his rhythm and interrupted his ability to play and that has impacted him, he's not being truthful. What's being truthful is that he lost control during the offseason, took it for granted, was so unhappy with the Mavericks, took the money and said, you know what? I'm good. I don't need to work hard. And that worries me. And that's the type of thing you look for in players because there's plenty of employees, plenty of players, plenty of people who you come across who aren't the hardest workers, don't have the greatest work ethic, and sometimes they have the skill to overcome it, and sometimes it catches up to them. I had this conversation with Hanley Ramirez a thousand times. It's going to catch up to you. Your parting ways will catch up with you. Dan Ugla. Dan Ugla. Hey, are you going to take a rest at any point? Love you, Danny. Players seem to think that they are infallible. They seem to think they can do anything, act however they want when they were 18 and still act that way when they're 25, 28, 32. You get older. You've got to work differently. You've got to work more efficiently. As a front office, it would be so frustrating to hear Lucas' comments. And I felt so much for Mark Cuban, which is not something that I do often. But I felt for him because what is he going to do? At the end of the day, what stops a player from misbehaving off the court? You can't be with them 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You have to hope that they don't just take the money and run. You have to hope that they care about winning. You have to hope that they care about themselves. You have to hope that they care about the team. And so many times, they don't. And there's not a damn thing you can do. That's how I think they feel about Zion right now in New Orleans. I think they completely regret that huge draft party they had and how excited they all were. Remember that? When they got the number one pick, when they won the lottery, they were taking Zion. John Morant went second. Zion's played in about half the games that he's been eligible to play in. Hasn't played in a game this year. 
And now there are rumors that he weighs about three and a half bills, which is outrageous for a basketball player to weigh who's not very tall. Zion's not very tall. And you wonder why Zion has hurt feet. You try carrying around 330 LBs every day up and down the court. Remember Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in Airplane when he says to the little kid, you try carrying Walton up and down the court for 48 minutes. That's how I feel about Zion carrying himself up and down the court. So meanwhile, the Pelicans don't play. He doesn't play for them. They're having a terrible season. All of that excitement, all of the energy they put in, all of the ticket sales they wanted to make, all of the corporate deals, all of the money that they thought they were going to make and the success on the court, whoosh, out the window as quickly as you can down two quarter pounders and a big macker. I don't know if Zion's even going to come back this year. They keep saying, oh, it's not a big injury. He's fine. He's fine. It's been 26 games. He doesn't seem that fine. He's been on the inactive list for the entire season. Inactive, that's the perfect word for what Zion is. He's completely inactive. And I'm not fat shaming him. I am pride shaming him, which is what I'm doing to Luca as well. Pride shaming is different than fat shaming. Fat shaming is not something I agree with, although I don't love it when people who are fat and could help it still eat two quarter pounders and a Big Macer. But you know what? Live and let live. Do whatever you want to do. It's not my problem. Not my problem. Unless I'm the president of the team and we're paying you not to play because you're out of shape and inactive. I guess we'll see how it all goes down, don't you think? It's definitely going to go down. All right. I want to catch you up on something that happened in the Dominican Republic yesterday. Fernando Tatis was in a motorcycle accident and he ended up just getting some scrapes, although we don't really know what happened. And somebody asked a question about it. Coca, can we get to it? I'd like to. You know what I want? <laughs> I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson. Go ahead and get in my Twitter at David P. Samson. You can do it. Ask a question. We'll get to it. Maybe on a mailbag. Maybe on a show. Hi, David. Hi. Hope you're doing well. I am. With the reports beginning to surface about Tatis's accident, how does a team president handle a situation like this during the lockout? Well, thank you for asking the question, but first I want to talk about what happened. He was apparently riding a motorcycle, got some scrapes, whatever happened, and he's going to be fine. As a team president, I hated, and I mean hated with a capital H, when our players who were from the Dominican Republic went back to the Dominican Republic during the offseason. And don't at me from the Dominican Republic because I know that people listen to the show there. I love the country. I, I went there 10 times during my presidency to look at players and watch workouts and go to La Semana, whatever the case may be. Had security with us at all times. Very unsafe to drive there. There's a lot of activity. You read about car accidents. Remember that player for the Royals, that friend of Jose's who died? in a car crash in the Dominican. I'm almost positive. Remember the Royals player, Coca? I cannot, I think his name starts with a Y. Jordan, Jordan, yes, Jordan Ventura. Jordano Ventura. Thank you, Coca. I believe that was a car crash in the Dominican, wasn't it? It's so scary because we don't know what goes on there. Cut that. I want to say that a different way. 8669. We have time. Yes. Yes, we do. 69. We know exactly what goes on in the Dominican Republic. 
These players are targets. They are rich. They are the targets of people who want their money. They want their time. They want to steal things from them. They want to get things from them. These are young kids with huge amounts of money that if they don't live inside barriers are at risk. Their families are at risk. There's great danger. There is terrible infrastructure, which causes an unreasonable amount of automobile accidents. And you worry about your players every day. You wait for the phone to ring. There were plenty of players who we asked not to go back. We asked Miguel Cabrera not to go back to Venezuela. We asked Hanley not to go back to the Dominican Republic. And we did that selfishly, of course, because they want to go home sometimes. They want to be where they're from and they want to be surrounded by family and friends and sort of live with the fact that they are the superstars who made it. Love the attention. And I don't begrudge that. But I don't like staying up at night waiting for the damn phone calls. Now, during a lockout, you're not allowed to talk to Tatis. Guess what I'm doing if I'm the president of the Padres and the owner of the Padres? You're goddamn right I'm calling Tatis. I'm calling him to make sure he's okay because I'm not paying attention to any report. I've got my people in the Dominican who are going to the hospital. They're going to find him. I am flying in one of my trainers. If he won't fly back to San Diego, I'm flying a trainer to put eyes on him in the Dominican. This is my franchise player. This is not some rando. You've got to know what is going on with your assets. Lockout, schlockout. I don't care. I'm not going to publicize it. But you can bet your bippy that someone who works with me will be in Tatis's face within one day of word of the motorcycle accident. And then I'm looking at the contract. And I'm looking to see whether or not motorcycle riding was in the forbidden activities list. Every contract has a list of things players aren't allowed to do, whether it's play basketball, play hockey, whether it's skiing, snow skiing, water skiing, hang gliding, paragliding, parasailing, sailing. All these different things that you're not allowed to do. Because if you do, we can make the guaranteed part of your contract not guaranteed. Hey, Fernando. What's the quickest way to lose 300 large? Do one of these activities. Now, would I actually cancel this contract after a minor scrape of a motorcycle accident? Absolutely not. Would I tell him that you better pay close attention because if you get injured and it's a real injury, we're not paying you. And all the money that you think you're getting, you're not getting. So you're asking me how I sit, handle that situation during a lockout? I violate the terms of the lockout and I go see and talk to Tatis and make sure he understands what's at stake. And I end the meeting by saying, listen, Tatis, it's just business. This is nothing personal. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.